Welcome to another Touchpoint. I'm here with Pastor Brandon, and we are in week four of our yes. Holy Sexuality series, and um, really just been unpacking a lot, really pressing into God's Word. Um, and, and part of this is because here, as we say, we want to make much of Jesus every day to everyone, and we say, right, God's Word, the Bible, is our authority. Um, but I, th- I think with this, um, there is this, this balance, um, you know, and you kind of alluded to this where we, we don't want this to be, we sharpen our, our swords or use it as yeah. a weapon. And I think some of that is the balance of like having God's word as our authority, mm-hmm. remembering that we're led by the spirit. Yeah. Um, and when you look at that, you see that that's the, I think, how we can learn to when to speak and also when to listen. And we see this in even Jesus' posture, the posture of the early church and how they responded in situations at times that they listened and asked questions and other times spoke up directly. Could you talk maybe a little bit about that and how yeah. for us as, as a local church, and so obviously because this is out there in the interwebs or other spaces, <laughs> there's always watching that. For us here who are locally, um, whether that's in person or online, saying this, this is my local church, how do, we, um, how do we hold this reality of God's world, but also the recognition of the world is broken and there's this hurt and pain that some yeah. of us have as we're navigating our own sexual brokenness, even if others yeah. haven't experienced that. And so we want to point to the truth of God's word, but also hold with grace, not just for someone out there, but... For those here. who are right here. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think a couple, couple thoughts just before we get into it. So um, I think we need to be very vigilant against m- making a difference between the written word and the incarnate word, mm. Jesus. Um, I, think, I think we have a tendency, um, if you're watching this as an evangelical Christian, right? If, you, if you're here at the chapel, right? Yeah. Um, we, we have a high view of God's Word, and the tendency is to go, this is what this thing says, and I'm good. Mm. We want to know what it says, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, is, which is we should. We yeah. should definitely want to know what God's Word says, but that's not where it stops. Mm. Um, there's this over here, and then there's Jesus, who is the incarnate Word. Yeah. He is all of this truth flushed out and fleshed out, which mm. that's kind of a bad pun, I guess, but like Jesus is yeah. this. Everything yeah. this is, He is. And so Jesus is, is, is a model um, and so, w- one of the things we talk about a lot, you know, is like how Jesus never, never is content with just the academic discussion. Mm. Um, and and it's, it's, it's those that just sought the academics that Jesus tended to have the biggest problem with. And as he said, yeah, you, you can believe the right thing, but your life doesn't line up with that, and that's a problem. And I think the tendency, especially with sexuality or any contentious discussion, mm-hmm. is to is to zoom up too high, mm-hmm. to where we become we want to become professional academicians, you know, or we want to go, well, what's the right position? I need to know the right position mm-hmm. to take, you know. I need to know where I'm what I'm going to believe. Good, very very good, but that's not where it really matters most. What matters is. How does what I believe translate into what I live? Hmm. I think that's what you're getting at, right? Yeah. Is it in the context of a local church, yeah. right? uh, we are not called to defend Western evangelical Christianity or the big institutional church. Or, I, I have very little interest in what the institutional church believes or says or is positioned or whatever, because we're here. Yeah. I have neighbors and I have friends and like, we must be rooted locally always. 
that's what the church is. The local church mm. is that. It's always an expression of the kingdom of God with these people at this time in this place. Mm. And so that's, that's what I think we're, we're driving at, is what does the never-changing word of God written and the never-changing word of God incarnate, what does it have to do with this place in this yeah. time? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot, I think there's a lot to that. Uh, Jesus obviously wants to close the gap between orthodoxy, what I, what I believe, and orthopraxy, what, what I practice and what I actually live out. So um, I'm going to do some math. I, didn't, I should have done this ahead of time. If I was yeah. more prepared, I would have. Um, but I'm going to do some, and you, you'll have to check me to make sure my math, or I'm, I'm thinking about this right. So um, I'm a preaching pastor, so I love preaching. That's what I'm called to do. But let's say the average message is 45 minutes, which yesterday was not 45 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Let's say it's 45 minutes, and let's say that there are 52 of them in a year. Okay, so that's 2,340 minutes. Um, And just for the sake of time, I'm going to divide that by 60. That's 39 hours. Hmm. Okay. But then, uh, so there's 39 hours of preaching in the course of a year, is what the average person, if they attend every Sunday, will hear. Mm. 39 hours. And let's just multiply that by 20 years. That's 780 hours, so let's divide that by 24. That's like 32 days of preaching Mm. over the course of 20 years. Yeah. That's really limited. Yeah. And so it makes you go, okay, so you're a church of eight or 900 people here in North Canton. Over the course of 20 years, can you learn everything that you're supposed to learn about Jesus in 32 hours? Or 32 mm. days? No way. No, no way. Yeah. 32 days of, of, that's it? So clearly the pulpit, while very important, is limited. Yeah. Um, we guard those hours, those 32 days over 20 years, right? Nobody ever thinks about it like that. We guard those hours because they're very important. And what we say from our pulpit, how we preach is very, very important. But um, this is where life on life happens. There's a limit to preaching. There's a limit to, to just the preached word. This has to come out in life on life. And so for your church of eight, eight or 900 people, this has to be relational. We never get beyond... Yeah. We never get beyond relationships. It is not enough. It just is not... You can never do this without going, okay... What, what is Jesus calling me to do? Right? Jesus always incarnated himself in people's lives. Um, I, I want to... I you, you pick one that you like. And I'm going to go with Zacchaeus first. Yeah. Did I take yours? No. Okay. So I'm going to go with Zacchaeus first. Because this is a great test, test case where Jesus um, went to Zacchaeus. He says, I'm going to your house today. And it's my favorite because it's Jesus being very presumptuous. Yeah. Um, I think that's okay to say. Where... Um, he just he sees Zacchaeus, who's, who's a spiritual seeker, and he wants to know Jesus. And Jesus goes, hey, I am coming to you. He didn't tell him, or he didn't ask him. He told him. He says, I'm coming to your house today. Yeah. And I love that because it's not Jesus being this disconnected, mm. removed, disembodied thing. He's like, I'm coming over here. Yeah, like, where, stepping across the threshold. Definitely. Yeah. So where do you, when you think about Jesus in the Gospels, where does he take this orthodoxy and move it into orthopraxy? Where, where do you see that? Yeah, I mean, I think when when I look at the, right, when he calls, not just because it's my name, but like Matthew, right, mm-hmm. Levi, a tax collector, and then who Matthew was associated with was, right, who then the religious said, oh, he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners, uh, and yeah. I think even in that, just how often, 
Man, we're driven by fear of being accused of something. Mm-hmm. And yet we see Jesus being accused, and yet what was it? No, he knew, right? Mm-hmm. He knew that why, why he had, yeah. right? Why he was here, why he had come, and that it, he wasn't oh. bothered by the accusation, and, but that he, he stepped in. I like, um, another one that came to mind is the Simon the Pharisee, mm. where Jesus is having dinner at his house. And... Um, the woman comes in and washes Jesus' feet with her hair. And Simon thinks to himself, right, quiet, just inner monologue, says, oh gosh, if this guy knew who this woman was. Uh, and then Jesus, because he knows Simon's yeah. thoughts, he speaks out and yeah. you know, he has that kind He always moves closer. And so like we see Jesus with this really profoundly conservative sexual ethic. Yeah. But he always hangs out with the people who don't. Yeah. Um, Michael Frost, who I, I don't remember the name of the book. Um, I think it's called Surprise the World is what the book is called. Um, he says, finish this sentence. Uh, the Son of Man came, and do you know how most of us will finish it? Well, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yeah. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's why he came. Uh, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Like That's yeah. also in the Bible. We know that. There's only three places where that is, is, is said. The Son of Man came, and those are the first two, and those are the two that most people know. Do you, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Do you know the third? You put me on the hot seat now. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I'm a jerk. Now. The third, and this is the one that I love, is he says, uh, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And that, that's that's because you go, wait, wait, what's that mean? So the first two talk about why he came. Yeah. He came to seek and save the lost. Yes, he came as the salvation of lost mankind, to seek and save the lost. And he came not to, not to be served, but to serve. Yes, but then the last one answers how he came. He came eating and drinking. What does that mean, practically? I think it's a great guide to your question. How does all this translate into a local church? How does this translate into relational stuff? Jesus spent a lot of time with people. Yeah. Um, and we can go here. I'd, I'll, I'll ask you on this one. Why is it so hard to spend time with people? You yeah. know, we can point to COVID. We can point to, you know, the, the, the recent effects of our culture. But, like, why do you think it's hard? To, I'm, I have my thoughts on that. But why is it hard to spend time with people like Jesus did? I think we have to, like, examine even the our cultural day and age. Yeah. Um, because I think we know the reality that, that people are, are broken, not just sexually broken, yeah. but just broken in general. And so I think even culturally today, um, we, we don't have a good sense of like withness as modeled by Jesus. We have withness of like these like pockets of isolation. And so like mm-hmm. if you fit this, like we don't know what it actually means to stay. Because um, it's Wait, we don't know what it means to... To stay. Um, and, and so like when we look at that, like it, do we stay, right, do we stay through um, or always, um, you know, and we, we could pull so many of these things where, and I think some of this is our, you know, culturally, like how much our misaligned our, our hope is of, um, right, we're all, right, Jesus promised we're always going to have trouble, and that's not a, right, whether you're, right, once you follow him, right, it's, mm-hmm. it's more guaranteed that we're going to have trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's hard, is like we don't, I think we don't realize how much culturally we've been influenced in this of like we don't stay and so we want to move and say right 
that to a better gym, a better school district, a better yeah. workplace, a better neighborhood, a better. Um, yeah. But but I think that is this. If I'm not in Jesus, that makes sense. But if yeah. I'm in Jesus, what should be leading me is the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah. have I prayed and fasted about right, when I show up at a church and when I commit of like, don't <clears throat> don't come to the North Canton Chapel because you think it's great. Right, yeah. come to the North Canton Chapel or watch, be a part of the online because right, you believe um, that you say this is where. Yeah, right, Jesus has called me to place roots, and if we're doing that, I think then the the step of staying is being vulnerable, and I think yeah, that's yeah. part of as we've prayed it's about so this of saying we yeah. have to step into this um, because we recognize that I think that's that's what made us like because we don't know how to stay, um, we we believe that if we're vulnerable, then people will. I think there's that like fear of abandonment of if if my church actually knew. Right about my divorce, about mm. my singleness, mm. about my same-sex attractions, um, about my children, same-sex attractions. Yeah, um, and you could about any right any, any, any of these things. things about that I lost yeah. my job, that right my yeah. kid right is not going to college. All these things that the right we should because we can scripturally bring these before God, yeah. and yet like there's this fear that I can't bring these before brothers and sisters in Christ because I think, yeah. and some of that goes back to you, yeah. we have this word and we've struggled with this incarnate and we've struggled with staying, right? The God, Emmanuel, who is with us, mm-hmm. right? And that Jesus, right, stayed even when everyone abandoned him, right? That's that's the cross, yeah. right? Yeah. And that he bore that. And then that's the call, like for us, is like to bear that for others. That right, even if your 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 friends turn yes. away because you're stepping into brokenness, if that's where the Holy Spirit is leading you, go for it. Like, yeah, we're being disobedient, but yet we don't have that. And I think it's some of this of like, you don't need to ask and start with me of the like, you know. And we have this show, but I've prayed this of like, like Jesus, like the work that you want to do here. Yeah. I was like, if I'm a hindrance, right, then start with me and remove me. And I think that's a scary prayer. But we like we should all pray that because we should. If if I'm in Christ, then He is right, not just Savior. And you say this, but Lord of my life, and I'm led by Him. And so that means sitting with someone, right, who's out here and saying, I'm gay. That. I don't get to run from that if yeah. that's a relationship that God has entrusted me to. I think I think that's what that's what freaks us out about relationships is and again like I mentioned COVID like we can blame that and go well we've inherited a now a culture of disconnection and isolation and you know preservation and whatever else but like kind of the the never changing rule of relationships is that relationships will cost you. Mm-hmm. They will cost you your autonomy for yeah. sure. They'll, they if I'm really in relationship with somebody, so, you know, some people have nourishing relationships in our lives. Some people have, you know, withdrawal yeah. relationships. But all of them cost you your autonomy. Yeah. Um, and relationships, I'll, I'll push a bit further, relationships in that way take faith. Mm-hmm. If God's calling you to be a part of a church, what he's saying is, I want you to give yourself to these people, not to this place, not to this pastor, for crying out loud, yeah. definitely not that. Like, <laughs> I'm here to listen to you. No, ugh. You know, but like I'm here to give myself to these people. Yeah. Um, following his leadership in that is an act of faith because you know instinctively and intuitively that you will lose your autonomy. 
you will lose your independence by being a part of a church. And Jesus will supply what you give yeah. up, you know. Um, I don't think we talk about that a lot. I think, I think and I, I hear it, we could go here, which we won't today. Um, but, you know, what we hear is like, oh, I'm here because I like the worship, or I'm here because I like the preaching, or I'm here because, you know, my family's here. All that's really good. But what we yeah. really want to see is something underneath that, like you're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit to live in covenant with people. Yeah. You know, that sounds like some, I, no one's going to say that, you know, but that's, that's, that is a higher vision of withness. That's a great word. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, I think especially in the area of sexuality, and maybe I'll just leave it here for today, is like especially in the area of sexuality, to process with people, to be around others, to talk about sexual brokenness and the painful parts of our stories, you need to have that covenant relationship. Otherwise, it's just academic. You know? yeah. And that's what Jesus represents for us, is he's always with you know, to the extent where, let's not forget, the church is even called the body of Christ. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's where I'll leave that one for today. Yeah. We'll talk more about that maybe, maybe next time. Yeah, and I think if you're, um, yeah, if you've been joining in, right, we've had these these invites to conversations, and that's what we recognize because we recognize this is hard, um, and so it's not just suddenly standing up on a stage and being vulnerable. Um, but uh, to a space. And so we want to just extend that invitation to you if you're watching or if you're listening. Of, um, we want to help you find that space um, where we learn how to stay. Um, we learn how to trust others um, with, our, with our fears and with our, with our brokenness, um, right? That whether it's a conversation with the pastor, whether it's a, a smaller focused community, like the, if you're listening to this, when this is coming out, our Grace Truth groups, um, but know that that's there, and we recognize this is hard, but that's what you said. This is about that witness. Is it's not about the 45 minutes. Like, that is right, such an important part, but that's not the end goal. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you've been just consuming, know that this is an invitation um, to witness, and that's what that's, I know that's your heart, and, and hopefully that's our heart here too, to invite you to be a part of that. And so thanks for... Um, Join in and we'd love to just connect with you.